Please be advised this episode contains themes that some listeners may find triggering and language that some may find offensive. Victims of spiking are often made to feel completely powerless. Powerless over their bodies. Powerless to fight back. Powerless to be taken seriously. And powerless to get justice. I am one of 20,000 women and men who have been spiked in Britain today, but that number is just the tip of the iceberg. And that iceberg led me to start this podcast. I've made it my mission to explore Britain's spiking epidemic, to find out just how big the issue is, to challenge misconceptions, including my own, and to discover exactly what we need to change. Along the way, I've spoken to police, nurses, lawyers, psychologists, bar staff and plenty of others, all in a bid to investigate an experience which affects so many of us. And I've spoken to victims to understand the true impact of spiking and the latest worrying trend of spiking by injection. Something which could affect any of us, anytime, anywhere. Take a second to listen to these people. In the morning, I felt like I'd been hit by a buzz. I just ached everywhere. I've woken up at like 4pm on that Sunday afternoon. No recollection of the night before. I was just very ill the next day. How many of you just said to yourself, yeah, I bet she was just fucked. Probably just drunk too much and looking for an excuse for sloppy behaviour. Once upon a time, I would have thought the same as you. So I know that it's you that needs to listen to this podcast. Spiking is still considered something minimal. And it's not. It's grievous bodily harm. And until we start seeing it that way, people will fall victim to these kind of situations and have their lives completely transformed. It might not feel relevant to you until one day it is. We have to be aware that drink spiking can happen to any person of any age and to any drink at any time. So join me and get under the skin of one of the most insidious and common crimes in the UK today. This is Pricks. Episode 1. Appointed mission. You see those programs and stuff, and you see where spiking usually happens. And you My name is Maya Howells. I'm 23 and I live in London. Definitely no education at all. And that lady, who sounds a lot like me, is my sister, Sally. At the end of 2019, she was spiked. Sally was at a party in East London. She'd had two, maybe three drinks. It was an occasion she wanted to be in control over, so she was mindful about how much she drank. She'd picked an outfit, which made her feel great. For about an hour, she mingled and chatted with friends. Then things started to get a little unclear. Because I hallucinated really badly. I was just itchy hallucinating, Mm. I was tripping. The people Sally was out with assumed she'd had too much to drink and put her in a taxi. In the chaos of the night, and with the priority being getting Sally home safely, her mates forgot to make sure she had her belongings. I had been put in a taxi, which I'm very grateful for, but I didn't have my coat or my bag on me. 
In the taxi ride home, Sally's hallucinations worsened. And when she got out of the car, disorientated, she tried to get into her neighbour's house. I was confronted with the, like, the task of opening my door and I had to kind of somehow get open the door. Mm. I remember being really cold yeah. and just so confused. Eventually, the neighbours answered the door. They were concerned. I was so lost and scared and yeah. like nothing made sense. Yeah. The neighbours, presuming Sally was just wasted, a young girl clearly didn't know her limits, walked Sally back to the right house. Our mum, understandably, was completely freaked out. She recognised instantly that her daughter wasn't just pissed. This was different. She put Sally to bed, but when Sally woke up a few hours later, mum's immediate priority was getting Sally to a hospital. She said to me, like, oh, go and have a wee, like, to make sure you feel, like, okay down there and stuff. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, like... Yeah. Our mum rang the police. They said go and get blood tests. So go to A&E right now. Yeah. Me and mum went to A&E right now. Yeah. And then the nice nurse just said, we're really sorry, there's nothing we can do. Mm. And I started crying. The A&E nurse couldn't tell Sally what drugs she'd been spiked with and there was no indication that she had been sexually assaulted. So Sally was discharged to go back to life as normal. But there was a feeling that Sally simply couldn't shake off. The amount of shame I felt even though, like, I knew that that wasn't me, yeah. and I knew it had nothing to do, it was completely out of my control, I was so embarrassed. I just felt like I'd been some kind of reckless kid drinking and, yeah. you know, it had gone wrong and how embarrassing is that that, you know, Sally can't even hold her drink and... Yeah. Oh, God, it was literally humiliating. I'd heard about spiking before, but vaguely. Like, I knew it happened, but... Not to people I knew. But this wasn't distant. This was my sister. It was profoundly personal. Looking back, I remember being really confused about something she said. I think I should have been... I don't know. Believed. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Of course she was believed. I believed her. Mum believed her. I just didn't get what she meant. It would only become clear to me much later. We dealt with the aftermath of Sally being spiked as a family. She went back to work, and the two of us automatically became more vigilant on nights out. But as it turns out, that wasn't the end of our family's spiking experience. Far from it. It was Thursday the 20th of February 2020, two months after Sally had been spiked and I was getting ready for a night out with some friends. We were heading to a bar in Peckham, somewhere I'd been many times before. On this occasion, a floor of the club had been rented out for a family friend's birthday. I was 21. I had one beer at home before I left for the party with my sister and friends. I remember everything about that night, the journey to the club, the lights above the bar, the music. I remember everything until I ordered a drink. I bought three drinks and waited as they were made and then I turned around to pass the first two to my mates. One second, two seconds, three seconds. 
Then I turned back to my own drink. I remember taking my first sip. And then the rest of the night, well, it's just black. The next morning, I woke up in my bed. I had no idea, absolutely none, of how I'd got there. And my friends helped me to fill in some of the blanks. According to them, the drugs which had been put in my drink started to have an effect almost instantly. Everything that happened to me happened within the space of an hour to an hour and a half. My sister lost me and searched the venue to find me, eventually finding me locked in the boys' toilets, by which point I had already fallen over and smashed my face in the tiled floor. I had split my chin open, my nose was bleeding, we later found out that I'd fractured my wrist and I had a concussion. When I woke up in my bed the next day, I had all my clothes on from the night before, and I was covered in blood. Sally told me when I got home I was vomiting everywhere, and I do have vague memories of this. I spent the next five hours in A&E to get my physical injuries treated, and I didn't clock that I'd been spiked until I spoke to the nurse, who told me, Your story and the injuries you've sustained suggest that you've been spiked. I've been spiked before and I know how horrible it is. Unfortunately, it's too late to run any tests to know what drug. I broke down in the nurse's office when she asked me whether I thought I'd been sexually assaulted, because I generally couldn't remember a single thing from the night before. For what it's worth... I don't think I was. Over the next few weeks, my chin healed. The bones in my wrist knitted together, but the sick feeling in my stomach did not subside. This hadn't just been a piss-up gone wrong. I wanted to make that clear. This was deeper. It was darker. Some prick had put something in my drink, for fuck knows what reason, and now I felt scared. And that was not okay. I looked online to try and find something to help me. Some support. To be honest, there wasn't much out there. A page from the NHS advising me to go to A&E, a couple of articles, but nothing which really felt like what I needed. No specific support group. No direct place to turn to. I was lost. So I decided to set up my own support page. I wanted to share my story in the hope it might resonate with others. In turn, maybe people would share their experiences with me. I called it I've Been Spiked, and to my surprise, the response was amazing. I was expecting one or two people might find it, having been through the same as me, and they'd be grateful. I wasn't expecting the campaign to go viral, This was a problem far bigger than I'd realised. Honestly, I don't know what's going on, but the past week, the campaign has just completely blown up. I've had so many DMs, so many emails, so many stories sent to me, over 150. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to respond to them all. I'm thinking about expanding my team and doing more, but I I don't even know where to start, if I'm honest. In the first month, hundreds of people had emailed me People from all over the country. Mine and my sister's experiences weren't rare at all. Far from it. In fact, it seemed to me that this issue was widespread, nationwide and growing. 
and I wanted to get to the bottom of it. But before we get into my campaign, a bit of a history lesson. What actually is spiking? Spiking isn't something new. In fact, it's been going on for centuries. There's documents and reports of women and men falling sick after drinking liquids laced with poisons as far back as the 1800s. And that's essentially what spiking is. Adding a liquid or a tablet or something you don't want in your body. In the 1960s, it wasn't unheard of for drinks to be unknowingly mixed with liquid LSD. But these reports and accounts aren't frequent. And if the flurry of activity and interest in my campaign was anything to go by, the situation was far more serious and more widespread than ever before. So, time to get to work and to understand exactly what's going on. My preconception of spiking was that it mainly happened to students or young people on a night out. So that's where I started. I spoke to Izzy Schifano, the assistant editor of The Tab, a student and youth culture online magazine. So we basically just cover absolutely anything that uni students and people who are kind of like 18 to 25 care about. So whether that's spiking, mental health, LGBTQ plus issues, straight through to like popular culture and Netflix. So we kind of cover a whole whole spectrum of stuff. Izzy's job is to be at the forefront of student experience and to reflect that to their readership. And at the beginning of autumn term in 2021, there was one particular story that was cropping up again and again. In September time last year, because I'm speaking to students all day, every day, it just felt like spiking was just something like it had never been before. It just kind of felt like something that we just, you know, it was impossible to ignore like an avalanche of stories that we just had to you know we just we we couldn't we couldn't not do anything um about it we would never want to create hysteria with anything but I think when people are all of a sudden talking about an issue it's you know it's our duty to look into it and to talk about it. Izzy pushed for the tab to run a survey into spiking to see exactly how prevalent this issue really was in the student community. The two things that we asked were, do you think you've been spiked? And do you know someone who you think has been spiked? The response was overwhelming. So we did a survey of 23,000, over 23,000 students and young people. And we found, this was literally like a month into term, we found that two over two and a half thousand of them thought they'd already been spiked a month into term, which was just absolutely shocking. And on top of that, 50% of everyone who took it said that they knew someone who thought they'd been spiked. And I think that just really, really showed to us, like, this is, like, an absolutely huge issue. Those statistics are insane. This was clearly a massive issue in the student community. And I did get in touch with the National Union of Students to ask about how student unions across the country were tackling this issue. They said they didn't have time to speak to me. Let's hope it's because they're too busy making their student unions safer places for a night out, hey? In any case, my sister and I weren't students, so it was safe to assume that spiking was affecting other people too. 
Next stop on my mission to find out more was Helena Conybear, the CEO of the Alcohol Trust. Her job is to work with young people and to equip them with the skills, resources and training to make safer choices around alcohol. And as we know that spiking and alcohol often go hand in hand, I suspected that she would be a goldmine of information. One in ten people have experienced spiking. That's a crazy number and was way higher than I imagined. But that wasn't all. 7% of young men had been spiked and an equally high percentage of the LGBTQ plus community at a similar level to young women at um, 15% in our survey. It felt like nobody was safe from being targeted. Young men, young women, whatever your sexuality. And the stats kept on coming. In this last year, from 23 different um, police forces, there were over 1,400 reports of drink spiking. That's almost double the number that they were the year before. But even though that number had doubled, apparently it was just a drop in the ocean to the number of people who had actually been spiked. Because Helena said... Just 8% of the poor victims who had been spiked had actually reported it to somebody. Perhaps the most remarkable thing that Helena told me was that alcohol isn't always involved. Over 20% of cases, the drinks that are spiked are non-alcoholic and it's happening in cafes and fast food chains. We chatted for an hour, a fascinating, though fucking depressing, look at the scale of the spiking problem. I felt myself getting more and more angry. Why had this been allowed to happen and get this bad? At the end of the conversation, Helena posed a question to me which made me stop in my tracks. And it's become kind of a mission statement for this podcast. Do you think this is the most common assault being carried out on Britons today? I mean, I don't know the true answer to that, but can you think of anything else where it's happening so widely and so prevalently and so blatantly as drink spiking? And I can't. Helena's right. Spiking is everywhere. And of course, it can happen to students, like this one. I was with friends that night and it happened in a place that I thought I felt very safe in. I don't just remember the night at all. I sort of woke up on my floor the next morning or afternoon and just was so confused. I just had no idea what had happened to me. And then it took a bit of time to think, Okay, so I have been spiked. And just as Helena suggested, about 7% of the people getting in touch with I've Been Spiked were men, like Ted. I'd woken up and and rolled out of bed and my bed was covered in blood and I was covered in blood. I had like no wallet, no keys, anything. It's just that fear of of unknown. I don't know who I was with or what what was going on for those four hours almost. I probably just got, got jumped. And there were stories I received from people being spiked in the middle of the day on a simple lunch date. My friends and I were kind of like reuniting after spending months apart during lockdown and celebrating my friend's birthday. You know, it pretty much, I describe it from like zero to a hundred because one minute I was perfectly fine having like chicken salad and some squid or something. And then all of a sudden being carted away in an ambulance with no memory of what happened to me. There were even reports of children being spiked at school. The youngest victim I had reach out to me was was pretty much 14 years old. And it wasn't with um, a drug that would come up on a toxicology report. Um, She was at a a party, like a school party. And there was a group of people bullying her at school and they'd put it in her drink, which left her really severely unwell. 
And you can be spiked by those closest to you. This was someone who I was dating and it happened at home. Each story is distinct in detail, but there are so many parallels. A violation, a reaction of disbelief, and then an expectation to just get over it with no one held accountable. And every month, more and more people got in touch. Dear, I've been spiked. I want to tell you about what happened to me on Friday. Last Tuesday. Something that happened to me last night. Every day after work, I'd log on and find a fresh pile of emails in my inbox. Reading them was pretty soul-destroying, but I had no idea what was around the corner. In October 2021, a new version began to hit the headlines. The media coverage was extensive. In news programmes on ITV, Sky, Channel 5 and national radio, everyone was talking about it. We've heard from a number of young women in Scotland, Manchester, Cardiff and Liverpool who claim they've been spiked by injection on a night out. But what makes this new trend quite so frightening is the difficulty in defending yourself against a needle in the leg or the back. The National Police Chiefs Council recently confirmed there have been at least 56 confirmed reports of some form of injection spiking in the last two months. This is distinctly different to anything they've seen before. Spiking by injection. People physically walking around with needles filled up with God knows what and injecting it into unsuspecting victims. I'm sorry, but what the fuck? Statistics from the National Police Chiefs Council um, show that there were 670 reports of spiking by injection made to police last term, so from September until kind of the first week of December, which is obviously a huge number. That was Izzy from the tab again. I think probably is just a drop in the water for the actual, you know, instance where people think it happened. What the fuck was happening? Where had this new mutation of spiking suddenly come from? It felt like things were getting worse, not better. Late last year, this issue was still being uncovered and a whole new raft of messages started flooding into my inbox telling stories of being jabbed with needles in pubs, clubs, parks and bars. This new vein of spiking was a whole new level. It's horrifying because the problem with injection-based spiking is that firstly, dose-wise, it can be lethal. Secondly, it means that there's absolutely no opportunity for a victim to in any way, shape or form fight back. Friends I know started wearing denim or leather jackets on nights out because the thick fabric might offer protection from a sharp end of a needle. Women were having to take action to try and stay safe because it seemed like nobody else would do it for us. And without realising it, my campaign was now the epicentre of a horrifying phenomenon and people were turning to me to ask for help. So I think I was injected with something when I was out this weekend. I want to know what a needle might looks like because I think this has happened to me. My friend says she was stabbed with a needle, but she won't call the police. Can I report it here? The numbers were rising every day. And that thing that Sally had previously said to me, the thing about not being believed, it cropped up again and again and again. It made me doubt myself because of the way they had portrayed it back to me and the idea that it just seemed like they wanted me to believe I hadn't been spiked. This was a fucking crisis. Something has to be done. 
Next time on Pricks, I dive further into spiking by injection phenomenon. I ask how, I ask why, and I ask who. I think we minimise it when we say, well, it's just spiking. It's not spiking. It's procuring a victim. It's then leaving them with no clear memory of what's happened and dealing with a traumatic event that can last a lifetime. If you've been affected by spiking or the issues discussed in this podcast, there's a list of resources on the I've Been Spiked Instagram page. Pricks is a podcast production by What's The Story Sounds. The series is produced and presented by me, Maya Howells, in association with I've Been Spiked. Sound design by Daryl Brown, and our executive producer is Sophie Ellis. <laughs>